What's up, everybody? This is the betrayed, the addicted, and the expert. My name is Brandon, and I am the expert. And I'm Ashlyn, and I was the betrayed. And I'm Kobe, the recovering addict. What you're gonna get is three unique perspectives on recovery and tools for hope and healing. All right, welcome, guys. Um, welcome to another episode of The Betrayed, The Addicted, and The Expert. I'm going to read a fan shout-out that we got recently. It says, Ashton, Kobe, and Brandon, I just want to thank you for your courage to be vulnerable about what it's like to live in a porn addiction betrayal trauma land. I listen to your podcast as part of my own self-care and dealing with my own betrayal trauma. It helps, me, it, it helps give me ideas about how to address my husband without betraying myself or enabling his addiction which I tend to do in order to keep the peace. I've learned so much truth as I listen. I feel validated and empowered in a a compassionate way. Thanks so much. I love that. Yeah. That's really cool. Sounds like she's got all the good stuff going. She's got some good vibes. Totally. And I I love how she just, she uses our podcast as self-care to kind of help her um, weekly. And that's that's exactly what we're setting out to do. So That's really cool. Guys, make sure you leave a, a review. Because it just might be yours, so we read it. <laughs> <laughs> All right, so let's uh, let's talk about talking about hard things. So um, wait, 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 wait. This kind of sounds hard. Yeah, let's not actually. Let's, <laughs> you, you, let's know, change you know what, you guys? Just, let's just shut down and pretend like it's not there. <laughs> There's an elephant in this room. <laughs> Or, or or let's blow oh up gosh. and start a big fight to create a distraction so we don't yes. have to talk about oh. this. Yeah, I, I, I <laughs> honestly think he's just like taking a page from our life. <laughs> I think it's everyone's life. It's not just oh, a, man. like our world. She says we live in a world of addiction and betrayal land or whatever she right. said. It's everyone. Welcome it's to human. relationships. Yeah. yeah. I mean, how much how much in our relationships are we avoiding? And how much do we just let things go but then resent or, or we hide things, we're, we're secretive about things that we want to disclose to our partner, but we're too scared to, Yeah. Right? So today's topic is talking about hard things. Yeah. And it's it's the first, it's it's how to bring up a, a tough topic. So and can I just start with this one thing? Um, one of the gals that you actually therapized, <laughs> I don't know what the word for that. Treated. Treated. Um, she's awesome and I love her but she and I were talking about the blessings of recovery and what it's done for our own lives and this was one of them that we can have hard topic conversations without it being messy without feelings taking over and like it's it turns out to be this connecting thing rather than absolutely the dukes are up and we're fighting well and in recovery not only not only can you have hard conversations now because you've been through something so horrific and you've rebuilt trust and and you you have to be able to have those hard conversations now because when you if you if you have a low level of disconnection in your marriage going on um with betrayal trauma it can it, and with past you know addiction it it can lead to major triggers but if you if you know how to have those hard conversations and if you're willing to have those hard conversations it blesses your marriage so that you have have real intimacy and you just love being married um but it it's also it creates that safety long term so so um let's first talk about how we avoid hard conversations that's what we were just doing right yeah um so what what are ways in which you guys oh, just just avoid it and don't go there. 
Um, one is I, I naturally was more avoidant in all things hard. And so for me, I just like, okay, I won't bring this up. Um, for us, it was finances. It was, um, like food, weight, that kind of stuff with Kobe, his body shame, all that. I just wouldn't bring it up. Um, and then his use of porn Mm -hmm. and his relationships with other people. Mm-hmm. Those were all topics that I just okay. I'm not going to bring it up, and if I do, I was, um, I was usually mean, shaming, or accusatory. You, so you were <laughs> anything but vulnerable. Yeah. yeah, and there was no love, there was no compassion, and so of course it was a hard topic because I didn't know how to actually approach it. Right, and I, I mean, all those things were topics that were just really, really hard, and. Um, the, the the super honest and really vulnerable answer to like response to what you just said was I didn't want to talk about him either. <laughs> right. <laughs> Let's just be really honest here. I didn't want to talk about him. So so I bet it really helped that Ashlyn approached those being accusatory <laughs> and mean and shaming. Oh, like you're, dude, you're already <laughs> feeling shame. You're already scared of those topics, and then she's so scared to bring them up. She's got to do it in a non vulnerable way, mm-hmm. which then attack. probably <laughs> attack mode set, sets off. Your defenses. For sure. Right? And, and what's really interesting, I'm just reflecting back to the year. I mean, we were married eight years before we had kids. We had a hard time getting Lucy and Ellie here. Mm-hmm. Well, Lucy and then Ellie came on the heels. But um, we worked a lot before we had kids. And that was one way that we avoided hard conversations. Ashlyn was a super successful um, designer, kitchen designer. And she was just really busy doing high-end uh, design. Um, man, I did all kinds of things, but the, the, the thing I did the most was well, I traveled a lot. So I was really busy right. in that way. I spent three months of every year in another continent. And so with, with all of those things, I guess with that, with that environment and that scenario between, between us, it was really, I'm my cheers making noise. Okay. I'm going to try to be really still, but it was really easy for us to avoid the conversations because, um, we just, we, not only did we work a lot, but then we got home and there were just things we had to do, but then it was, there were the few things we had to do. And then we went right into avoidance. So we would watch like a show or we would go to Ashland's parents' house and hang out. We were just like super train wreck, but well, we used I, work to avoid. Well, you know, living, I call it living parallel lives, meaning, you know, you're both, you're living together, you're married, mm-hmm. you have kids together, but Ashlyn has her life. You got your life. You're busy with work. You don't have to really connect that much. Mm-hmm. The intimacy is not really there. Mm-hmm. I mean, you don't have to work that hard on your relationship because you're off making your money. She's off making hers. Yeah. Or she's busy with her church you know, responsibilities and you're busy dealing with your sick parents or wh- whatever it is. Like yeah. you, you do your thing. They do their thing. You cohabitate. Yeah, you cohabitate <laughs> yeah. and then you don't have to deal with it. Yeah. I, you, you know, and I think that's how we live for so long, especially before we had kids. We were just like, okay, well, this works. And if we don't talk about the hard stuff, it totally works. But right. when we talk about the hard stuff, it d- totally Okay, so, work. but let me identify this, though. I think there's two different seasons of avoidance that we experienced um, in, in our marriage. And the first one's going to be um, the avoidance that I had about anything hard before you knew that I was acting out in any way. Then there was the season of once once you discovered that I was acting out and I said, well, I have had this issue with, you know, with porn and masturbation, but I'm done. Like everybody says, right? I'm done. Sure. Like it was a switch I could turn on and off. Then then there became a new 
a, a new season of avoidance, but it looked a little bit different in the sense that it was like neither of us wanted to talk about it, and it was almost like the I don't know the situation that we just pretend just didn't exist. Okay, right. like At, well, when we were very uneducated, we neither of us knew what was going on and right. how this could actually be changed for sure. And right. and and so that was that was super that was super because no news. And for us, in that season after it was discovered, was good news. No right. news was but good news. But it really wasn't. No, no, and that's not that's not reality. <laughs> but that was that was the norm that we operated against. Okay, and then there was and then there was it began to change in the sense that um, from when you first started, thing was like oh three to when I finally we we saw a therapist. This was after my my emotional affair. My first affair, and then we were sent to therapy. The therapist said, "Okay, Kobe, this is what it is. It's actually porn." And, and that that's the issue here and you acting out and, and Ashlyn, this is, this is Kobe's issue. So Kobe, you go to 12 step and Ashlyn, this is just his issue. Okay. So once that was on the table, then for sure it became this more intense avoidance because do you my, think, do you think Kobe and we'll just avoid that topic? Yes. Yeah. Sure. So I would go to 12 step, um, each week I, I showed up at week one. I went all the way through week 12 and then once that was done, it was like done. I don't. I think a few times you're like, "Hey, are you going to go to twelve step tonight?" Just a really subtle, very calm, like, right. "Hey, are you going?" I'm like, "Oh yeah, I'm going." And it was like, "Crap, I thought she would like forget," and <laughs> obviously you weren't going to forget. So it was a really, it was more of a touchy, um, a touchy thing. But because I had to kind of take responsibility, I had been called out by this therapist, and I was going. It was kind of like, "Okay, good. Something's being done about it. Let's just avoid it." So there was avoidance, but it was kind of like, just remove us. The, the attitude that we're taking is like, we just wanted out of what was, what was wrong. And that meant that I just went once a week. But once I went through week 12, I was like, okay, we're good. Well, so, okay. So why, if, if sticking your head in the sand and living your own life, um, it, it, you know, as a way to avoid this uncomfortableness, yeah. then why not do it? Right, we did it for a long uh, time. Oh, we did do it. Uh, yeah, I'll tell you why not to do it. Because <laughs> it sucks. Fair. It really does, and yeah. I feel like the the tricky part of that, Brandon, is you don't know how bad it sucks right. until you know how bad it doesn't suck when you can actually do it. Right? Yes. Like you have to know point, both Ashlyn. sides, and that's the hard part. Is most of us don't want to know, mm-hmm. like because it takes work. We didn't know. We we didn't really know healthy connection to begin with. Right. I mean, no, we, we dated. We dated, and there was some there was some emotional intimacy there. Right. But but we couldn't talk. I mean, w- I'm pretty sure we had no real conversations before we got married. Yeah. Right? Which is right. scary. and and certainly after we got married, it was pleasantries. Well, I'm you know like I like how what you guys are saying. Um, I'm not married to my wife just so that she'll take care of my kids, just yeah. so that she'll you know, help me live my own separate life. Mm-hmm. I'm married to her because I, w- I love her. I want connection. I just, I want intimacy. And that's what it's all about, right? But the, the, the pathway to intimacy is through vulnerability. And if you can't show your struggles, if you can't talk about hard things, if you can't have conflict, then you're not going to have intimacy. And so if you play it safe in your relationship all the time, then you're going to miss out on the best parts of a relationship. Um, so we're talking about just avoidance, um, shutting down and avoiding and getting busy. And there's other ways that we avoid um, these hard conversations. Um, it's all about distraction. So 
if uh, Ashlyn brings up something difficult to you, Kobe, um, you can distract with anger. Um, you can distract by turning the tables. Um, just defensiveness in any way is you saying, I'm not available to have this hard conversation. Yeah. Um, you can distract even in bringing up this hard conversation by over-apologizing, not getting to the point, um, not actually saying what needs to be said, but wanting to say what needs to be said, right? And so um, it's just distracting your way out of these hard conversations, mm-hmm. right? It's really interesting because I think I'll, one of the ways that I started avoiding it once I actually it was known and I would, I would be on, on the road and I would like relapse. Man, it was the hardest, hardest, hardest thing ever. But I remember one particular instance, I was in Estonia and it was January and it was snowing outside and I set that at this conference and I just like, uh, just found the courage somewhere to just squeak out. I messed up. And then Ash was like, okay, cool, that's fine. But I did that. Um, I don't I know did that. that I responded that way, actually. <laughs> well, I mean, you didn't freak out on the phone is what I'm saying. Yeah, I mean, of course, right. I'm across, the, I'm across the, the earth. But my point with it is is to say is, is that even in disclosure and when this issue was known, I was still super avoidant because all I wanted to do was just say it and it was like done. Right, right, right. Yeah, I that was part of it too. To let's let's bring it up, and then actually, we're actually not talking. I kind of treated it. it like a tweet, <laughs> where it's like, "There's my tweet, and it's just gone." Well, the, yeah, right. The keyboard, the tweet, cur- the tweet courage, disclosure, right? Yeah, like text disclosure, tweet disclosure. Like, let me say this hard thing, and we're it's, done. It's amazing <laughs> how courageous people are on text message. Oh. Like, let's bring up hard conversations totally. only on text. Totally. And but, mind you, I I did that that disclosure and that particular one. Like I said. My, my, I didn't have keyboard courage, courage. but I, what, what I did have was like, oh, this meeting's about to start real quick. I, I messed up, and then I, I, I got to go. I'll, I'll, I'll call you. about to start. Hey I, hey, I totally messed up. See ya. <laughs> that was essentially what I did, dude. Oh, my gosh. See, I, I blocked that out. I don't remember any of that. <laughs> I know, right? So our avoidance, my avoidance really knew no bounds. <laughs> right, right. In, in, in all the seasons of, of addiction that I was in. All right, so let's, let's shift now to... Kay. How do you start these conversations? How do you how do you actually begin to have these difficult conversations? And they can be about things like disclosing a relapse mm-hmm. or talking to them about something that you know might trigger their shame or they'll get defensive about, but you really need to talk to them about it. Mm-hmm. Um, anything that's really vulnerable and difficult, how do you – what are some good ways to actually start those conversations? What's worked for you guys? Oh. My heart even uh, even like races right now. We're talking about this because legit, you guys. Okay, you're listening to this and thinking like, okay, Ashley and Kobe have like totally healed. But the truth is, is there's still hard conversations that we have. We still go to therapy. We still like we are still in it. So it, I mean, you guys haven't totally <laughs> arrived, and you're not perfect. There is yet. no end point, dang it. <laughs> not even a little bit. But here's what's cool: is that now when that happens, I can recognize the physical response in in me. That okay, this is a hard topic because it shows up physically for me, mm-hmm. and that's just like crap. I feel that, so now I have to say it. <laughs> I feel like because of that, like yes, we've made ma- giant leaps of, of progress, but the fact that we can recognize it real time and be honest about it, yeah. And I think for me, honesty of saying, "Hey, I feel I'm a little scared to talk about this, but I know we need to." Yeah. That right there makes us both feel like okay i have to one this is a cue to focus yeah mm-hmm. to listen to listen in but also like this isn't just we're talking about the weather here yeah like, they're nervous I, so yeah. so speaking your fear or speaking your shame at the beginning of one of these hard conversations just diffuses it it's it's so helpful to say like this is really hard for me or 
this is a really scary thing for me to talk about. For sure. And 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 the other person might hear that and want to connect to that emotion, or they might gear up for a, a fight. Hopefully, they're there to hear you because it really helps to say, "I need to talk to you about this thing," and it's going to be hard to talk to you about it. Right. Right. So. Th- that we call like transitionary statements. I mean, that, that's kind of the simple term. Is like, I need to be able to have a couple of those like canned. Mm-hmm. Responses, those can statements, to so just blah. Because right. it cues me in. <laughs> Otherwise, I he often would come to me in the middle of something and try to like he, you know, I'm on the way to a meeting, but I'm gonna hurry and tell you this while you're doing the dishes, <laughs> and it's like, oh my gosh, like let's focus and have like an eye to eye conversation. Yeah. Yep. Because I mean, it really is so, about connecting. Some of the couples I work with have these weird like canned um, statements that cue each other in to say, okay, hang on, this is one of those moments. Yeah. So they'll, they'll say, like, I need to have a teddy bear conversation with you. And it's like, oh, okay, <laughs> it's one of those. It's you know? one of those. Like, I, I, you said the magic word that's going to make me be attentive and listen and try to be safe here. Right. Oh, that's cool. So, so it's as much a it's much a key word for the person who is receiving that statement to to show up and be ready. Yeah. As it is for the person who is actually saying it. Is that what you're saying? Yeah. And so going along with that, another tool that's used a lot is so you can have a, a certain statement that kind of sets the stage. Um, another thing that I've seen people do is they grab an item in their house um, that represents that, hey, I need I need to talk mm-hmm. or, hey, I think you need to talk. And so h- whoever's holding that item means they're the communicator and the other person is saying, you got it. So I'm willing to listen. Right. So this might be a hard thing, whatever it is. You're holding that rock or that book or whatever it is, and I'm, I'm here willing to listen. So it's, you're kind of setting the stage for these hard conversations. That's really cool. I like from that. From the get-go. I like that. Yeah. There are certain topics that are really hard for me to, to approach. So I'll, some of them that I'll use is like, okay, I want to be vulnerable right now. I know I need to be vulnerable right now, but it's really hard. I love it. That's excellent. And, and that just kind of says it all, right? Because it's not like – it's not – it's. I want to be really clear. There's can be, there can be some confusion on that, on a statement like that, like using the word hard. It's not that what I'm going to say is hard because that's not always the case. Typically when I, when I come to you and, and I say, I'm kind of scared to say this, but I won't need to. Is it ever like, no, hard? it's usually like, Oh, that wasn't that bad. Okay. But for him it was right? totally. So this is like hard for me. To, so I think this is important to distinguish this. I want to share something, but it's hard for me to say, right? Right. And, and I think that really illustrates a genuine vulnerability of like, I don't know how to say this, or I don't want to say this, or this is, this is legit just hard, rather than it's hard, it's going to be hard for you to hear. Now, it might be hard for you to hear, it might be hard for the person who's right. on the receiving, and if it's, for instance, for instance, a relapse, but I want to share this, and it's really hard. So I'm going to step in here and give some example from um, our past. When Kobe started using these little canned statements, they were only for the, the part of recovery Right, so he wasn't using it to talk about finances or to talk about parenting mm-hmm. or a hard day at work. He was using it only for recovery, I was recovery, like, yeah. and, reactionary. And so it vulnerable. was really scary for me to hear those cues of like, oh great, like he's going to tell me he relapsed or. Oh, like, I, I'm so glad you bring this up, Ashton, because I hear it all the time of, um, you know, wives saying, you know, the the only time that he really gets vulnerable is if he's had a relapse. Like that's when he'll come. Right. So there's all these other areas in his life where he's disconnected, but like that's what she gets. And and it's hard for her because she wants that vulnerability from him. But not just in that. Not (laughs) just in that moment when she's, she's betrayed again. Right. Right. 
So that's that's a good point. So his vul- his vulnerability turned into your trigger. Yeah. Right. Yeah. Oh man. And, and he would have up. to like. Oh no no no! Like as we were starting to learn to do this, it it went from just recovery. I'm talking about something at yeah. work. Or- he would say like, "Oh no,", no. and he would follow it up with like, "I didn't relapse," or because right. he was trying to like work his way into like we can talk about yeah. vulnerable things in all areas of right. our life. Yes, but it would like startle me like, "Oh great," you right. know. And that's the hard part that f- from 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 my perspective for all looking back on all the years. Of, of living in addiction was I only thought I had to be vulnerable when I had to disclose something. Yeah. And I had no idea that sharing what was hard doesn't have to be a relapse because I deal with hard stuff every day. Right. Every day. Right. And those are things to, those are you things mean to be able to, to disclose. There's more to you than your addiction, Kobe? <laughs> what? Wait, wait, what? what? There actually what? is. <laughs> That's yeah. crazy. And and I think that's the I think that's a, a really important indicator of the difference between sobriety and recovery. Absolutely. Yeah. I think yes. that's right. right. That's a great indicator of that. Is being able to be vulnerable about about little things. And and in truth, the the saying, okay, I gotta share something that's really hard, or I'm I I know I need, I wanna be vulnerable, but it's really hard for me right now. If you can do that in little things like how you felt really small at work today in a meeting or how you missed a deadline or when you freaked out and spanked your kid and you felt, you know, enormous dad shame or, you know, you crashed the car. If you can do it in small little things, then there's going to build this foundation of trust and safety with your partner to where it's going to be easier to talk about the more challenging things, for instance, a relapse right, or something else. You know what I mean? So the, the, like, I think the hard conversations to have, Disclosure is a tough conversation to have. Hey, I need to disclose something to you that mm-hmm. I did um, that you're not going to like. That's a really hard conversation to have. Yeah. Um, but another hard one to have is confrontation. Is mm. hey, you, there's something you did that isn't okay with me. That's a hard conversation to go and have. Sometimes it's easier to just avoid that as well, right? And that and that's not that's okay. So that's a really brings up a, a totally different topic. But try, talk about being honest with yourself. Right, being boundaryed. Totally, being boundaryed to say, look, I value truth in this particular topic so much that I need to, I got to bring it up right now because what was done here, what was said is not okay with me. Like sometimes my experience was that for years I would never, I never felt like I had a leg to stand on. Right, right, right. As the dude who struggles. So common. And we could, we, we should. That's a whole other episode. I'm going to on us for a second, but (laughs) we should do an episode on that. Um the, Thank how, you. How, how the addict feels like he has no leg to stand on. Totally, and and that's not and that's not true because they do. But it's save uh, that for the episode. Exactly, we'll <laughs> save that. We'll save it for the episode. Oh. But um, but it's but it's an important thing to, to right. be true to yourself like that. So I want to I want to take it just to the next step, which is okay. So you so you set the table. You say I'm feeling vulnerable, or I'm scared to bring this up, or this is hard for me. You you, you set the table and you say, okay, we're mindful that we want to communicate here. Um, if you're the communicator, now, now hopefully the listener is attentive. Put the phone down. Right, kids um, away. Ki- yeah, don't. They're somewhere don't, else. Don't be distracted. The, the person just said, "I want to get vulnerable here." So, look him in the eye and listen. Mm-hmm. Um, when you start communicating, um, just a pointer. Don't start with you blankety blankety blank. <laughs> right. Dang it. Or yeah, <laughs> or blame in any ways. You know, I, I relapsed, but the reason I did was because. You of this or that or whatever, right? Um, and it's not just about relapse. 
but stick to the stick to being vulnerable and talk about your feelings. So, um, you know, when this happened, I'm, I felt this way or, you know, it could be relapse. So you could say, you know, I relapsed this morning and I'm feeling a lot of shame and I, 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 I relapsed because I've, I'm feeling loneliness and hopelessness. Right. And I need to tell you that that's what happened. Right. Do you see what I'm saying? It's oh, not yeah. about the other person. Speak no. about you when you talk about this vulnerable thing, even if it's a confrontation. If you go to that person and you say, you're horrible because you did A, B, and C, mm-hmm. that's, they're, they're, they're gonna, they can listen if they're really skilled. Yeah. But, but most people aren't. Most people aren't. And most people will be like, I don't yeah. want to listen to you now. Yeah. You just attacked me. Um, but if you go to them and you say, I'm feeling really frustrated and even a little bit angry right now about this happening. And I'd like to just talk to you about it. Right. That's a little bit different, mm-hmm. right? You see how you're talking about you still? So so when you bring up these hard conversations, don't go on the attack mode. Um, so like we were talking earlier, I used to come, um, I in the beginnings, it's really hard to decipher, got feelings from um, like spike narrative uh-huh. of, I feel like he's looking at porn. I feel like something's wrong and maybe right. he's acting different. Um I, I had a hard time deciphering, and so I would just straight up ask or accuse, and that's how I brought it up. You're looking at porn, Kobe. Yeah. Right. And if you think about it, when we weren't in recovery and we really had zero skills, I was saying, you're having an affair. I can tell you're having an affair. And he always replied, you're no. crazy. You, you, no. no. What? You're and crazy. Would gaslight. Why would you think that? This. And, yeah, and sure. so I, it's, that's a whole other topic, too, of like not understanding my own self enough to to hear that but um i think that's where uh, i don't know now i lost my train of thought well what you're talking about ashton if i can help you along there talking about you right so if you go to him and you say you say gosh i'm feeling almost as if you're having an affair I'm, i'm feeling so scared because we're so disconnected and it makes me wonder if you're having an affair right that's a lot different than you're having an affair yeah right and accusing and, him of that. And sometimes even now, because I don't feel those feelings of he must be having an affair, but I can, we both feel that disconnect pretty immediate. Right. When something is off, we mm-hmm. can feel it. And so rather than jumping to a conclusion of what it is. Don't make assumptions. Right. It's yeah. just saying, are you okay? Some, something feels off. I feel off. I'm feeling disconnection. Right. I'm feeling fear. Right. And that's usually, a, you know, it leads into what's really going on. Right. Right. Love and it. hopefully that's met with honesty. Like if he was having an affair or looking at porn, he'd say, actually, yeah. yeah. Or he'd say, you know, that's not what I'm doing, but I totally see why you're feeling that way because we have been disconnected. I've been busy with work. I've been stressed out and I have totally disconnected from you. And you just see how we're taking something that could blow up. It could just go nuclear oh, into man. this huge fight. They always did for us, for the record. And, and it part of that is it it takes effort on both parts to refrain and like not go into our old habits right, right? of those triggering words or moments of just you can sit in that moment and say like i'm recognizing that i'm starting to feel those feelings but i don't have to actually go through and relive all that right right, right. get out of your limbic system your reptilian brain that says fight or flight Get into your, your, the front part of your brain that says, hang on, I can be logical here. I can listen and I can care, right? Yeah. And that, that's, it's a skill. It's because 
you're, the reason why we get defensive is is we're protecting ourselves. And so it's really hard to say, don't protect yourself, yeah. right? Yeah. And actually listen and, and be vulnerable in this conversation. So. It's a beautiful thing when we can deploy like a simple transitionary statement. Like I have to tell you, like honestly, because I know what it's like to be on the receiving end of, of accusations uh, from Ashlyn. Yeah, <laughs> these were These were years ago. But the truth is, is at, like you do such a such a great job at showing up in moments when I need you to show up that are scary for me, and it's relative as far as like the level of, of scary for me. But every time I've come to you and said, "Okay, I want to share something that's hard, and I don't want to," you always show up. And I think I think that's really like the first like the, the that's like step one and two. If you're listening to this right now, on like how to start them is once learn how to say I'm scared to have this conversation if you just say that then it's like okay but if you if you're on the receiving end of that it's like okay I need to show up now and if you can have that can probably hold your tongue it's <laughs> then just a, it's like cool it's just as vulnerable to listen as it is to communicate so when these conversations come up if you're both ready and the listener isn't there to throw in their own stuff right then and not listen. And I could talk about so many different ways that they undermine that connection. Yeah. But if they're available to listen, then that connection can happen. To so. be sure. So there's another part to this conversation, Brandon. Oh, we scratched the surface, right? <clears throat> yeah. And to so and so let's talk about let's talk about what they can expect on Thursday then. Okay. So um, sorry. <clears throat> um. So what they can expect on Thursday is we're talking about bringing up a hard topic. How do you actually get to that place of real connection and empathy? Mm-hmm. And there's skills within that to, to get there. Um, ways to reflective listen, how to uh, just just regurgitate and, and listen in that way, um, how to dig deep down to the emotion, and then how to actually resonate in that emotion with that person and validate them with how they feel. Yeah. And if both if both partners can learn how to do that, then you'll feel safety in your relationship and you'll have intimacy. There's also physiological factors that are involved in that. We've alluded to those, like how those conversations, both saying them and receiving them, manifest physically to us, non-verbals in our face. Um, there is also um, those places of... Um, you know, and creating the right environment to be able to do that, yeah. which which are also super, super relative to this. Oh. So anyways, those are the things we're going to touch on on Thursday. Yeah. So and, check, check uh, us out on, on Patreon. For sure. Right. And we've got a link in the show notes. Just scroll down. You can see the links to our page. And um, this is exactly what we've built. There's just not enough time to be able to go through all of the content for this particular episode that's relative to it. But this is exactly what we've created Patreon to be able to give you kind of the how-tos of, okay, now you know how to bring it up. Now let's talk about how you do it. Yep. How do you, how do you actually practice it and how do you actually do it? It'll be so. a, a pretty rad interactive uh, experience. So um, look forward to seeing you there. And if you've heard something that you really enjoyed in this conversation, in, in this pot, in this episode, please share it because you never know how this can help somebody else. So thanks for being here, guys. Absolutely. See you guys.